Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode two of the Jetman with a Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Shojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, our listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Matt. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was just laughing that unsubstantiated claims are kind of the bread and butter of our show. Uh, like, we're well, the only one. We're pretty sure. We've never I mean, I'm, I'm fairly sure we're the only exclusively Jetman podcast at this point. And no, no, I think not, you're right. I'm willing to assume that we are the best. Again, completely unsubstantiated. Right. I think you're right. I just don't know. <laughs> but anyways, anyways, I'm well. I'm well. Uh, settling in the house, which is great. Getting things unpacked slowly but surely. So, yeah. Things are good. All right. Well, Dave, today we're watching episode two of Jetman. It is called The Third Warrior, uh, which is a weird title because we've already met three warriors. And in this episode, we're meeting another two. I was just going to say, if they string this out to three episodes, I'm not going to be thrilled. Like, I kind of want to get the team together, but whatever. But Dave, before we get into that, uh, we need to cover our award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Yep. What is our first star of the week? So, our first star of the week, Matt, is something that I actually did, but I think would be funnier if you told us about it from your end, because it's actually something that I did for you. Okay, so you swung by the other day. You had to drop my car off. Yeah. Uh, and we were sort of hanging out on my front porch, and you said, oh, Matt, I got you something. It's sort of a... A gift, like a, yeah. a sort of an anniversary present for finishing the first year of our show. Because uh, I'm thoughtful. I did not consider that, but you having been married for six years are more sort of in tune with the anniversary game. Uh, Matt, I'm going to be honest. I wish I could claim credit for that, but it is 100% that I just thought of it. It, it, was, a, it was a happenstantial anniversary present. It just worked. So really what I am... Is, uh, is very keyed in on the opportunity to make a present that I just thought of seem like a big deal. So, you hand Does this that to I me. actually need to do that? Because Beth just likes presents. She's like a very... Not in a bad way. She just loves to buy presents and get presents. It's like a thing for her. So I sometimes just buy her stuff. Like, not associated with a... Like a holiday or a thing. So that's uh, a piece of advice to you guys. You can do that's that. That's very kind of you, Dave. But right now we're talking about me. <laughs> and uh, what you got me uh, was a trophy. And on yeah. that trophy, it says, best opening segment, live and let die, Ranger. So we now have a trophy, an official award to go with our award-winning opening segment, <laughs> the five stars. There's a picture of it up on Twitter. Check it out. It's amazing. So, heads up, ladies and gentlemen, you can just buy trophies and put whatever you want on them. And it's really cheap. It's like $15, including shipping and handling. I'm pretty strongly considering just buying a number of awards. Oh, dude, I have long had this idea where I would just buy a box full of assorted trophies and like a brother label maker. Mm -hmm. And just start handing out trophies for things randomly. That would be amazing. I feel like... I feel like that would be a great addition to your Man About Town project. Like if you were just at a bar and started handing out trophies. The only problem I feel like is that actually would be... finding a place to source a bunch of assorted trophies. But this is that, that is am, a problem for another day. I am almost certain that you could figure out how to do that in like less than 10 minutes if you were so inclined. Anyway, so that is our first star of the day. It so really made my day. Yeah, congratulations, Matt, on your award. Well, thank you, Dave. Well and to you, too. You, you know, you're, well, you're a part of this success. I feel like I contributed. Well, you also contributed the actual award. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, so, Dave, what is our second star of the week? Okay, our second star of the week is that I just picked up a book by one of my favorite authors, Neil Gaiman. He is, um, 
He's just a fantastic author. He's one of very few. Um, he's one of very few living authors that I read, which is not, I promise, kind of as snotty as it sounds. Like it's a little snotty, just not super snotty. It's really laziness on my part. I prefer to let history kind of sort out what's good and what's not for me. So I figure if it's been around for like 300 years, it's probably pretty rad. But I do read Neil Gaiman, and it's a collection of short stories of his. It's actually his oldest collection of short stories. He's got he's published three, and I have the other two. And I was at Half Price Books, I think. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, man, I, somehow I don't have this. So I picked it up. And Matt, I know you are familiar with Gaiman for a number of reasons, but uh, I think primarily because of his comic books, Sandman, which are amazing. Mm-hmm. But I've read, I think I've actually read literally everything he's ever written that has been like published. Well, you and probably am, haven't read everything he's ever written. I was actually just reading an article about this the other day, is mm-hmm. that he is putting out a humble bundle to like, uh, like get money to fund some sort of charitable foundation. Oh, where that's he cool. is having things reprinted that he has like, like, Articles that he thought were very bad that he has suppressed for the last 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) And like Um, a never reprinted biography of Duran Duran. Oh, yeah. That's like the first thing he ever wrote. So you have probably not read everything he's ever written. Well, okay. I've read a lot of it. You know, he's expecting a kid. Uh, yes. Yeah, he and It is weird that I know things about his personal life, but the internet, folks. uh, Facebook, man. I follow him on Facebook, and so we're we're not, like, friends, but I do follow him. Anyways, so I have read a lot of Neil Gaiman, and here's what I've determined. Or this is what I'm, I think, this is the conclusion that I've reached, is that Neil Gaiman is best in, when he's doing short stories. Like, everything else is good. I really like his novels. I really like his comic books. But where he really shines and is, I genuinely think, kind of an author for the ages is his short stories. I was going to kind of literature nerd out about that. There's not a lot of jokes there. But he's just, his short stories are amazing because he's so weird. Like, he's just a, a strange dude and he talks about a lot of weird things. And so when he does a novel... Yeah, he's got this one... He's got a great trick, and he Mm -hmm. does it a lot, but he sort of changes up how it's done Mm -hmm. enough that it doesn't feel repetitive. It's that he he does a weird, like, sharp left turn into either, like, fantasy or creepiness, Mm -hmm. but he does it about a page before he signals that he's done it. Right. Yeah, and it's... It's like watching, um, you know, Ricky Jay, the magician. And expert card thrower, yeah. And expert card thrower. Like, he does kind of the same tricks all the time, but he's so amazing at them, you don't care. Like, you just want to watch him do it over and over again because it's so incredible. Neil Gaiman's sort of like that. But in his long works, like, he can do it because he's a really excellent author, but he has to kind of extend these fantastical conceits into a much longer space which again he does it like it works but it's best in short stories and so if you are i don't know man if you're looking for something to read his three short story collections are smoke and mirrors fragile things and trigger warning and they are all incredible like they're just great pick them up they're just really good it's neil gaiman like, you've uh, probably heard of him. Smoke and Mirrors, also the name of a terrible song that I think was a Cody Rhodes entrance theme that mm-hmm. I heard about a million times while doing character creator stuff in WWE 2K14. Okay, there was a weird left turn, a la Neil Gaiman, Dude, which whenever, is appropriate. Whenever I hear the word Smoke and Mirrors, all I can think of is that song, and I do not like that song. <laughs> Um, so Matt, what so is thanks. our? thanks. That's going to be stuck in my head all day, Dave. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So Matt, what is our third star of the week? Okay, Dave, our third star of the week is an item getting the rare and coveted two weeks in a row uh, five star treatment. Oh uh, wow! It's Super Mario Maker, Dave. Oh yeah, tell me more about okay. it. So last week when I was talking about it, I'd only had it for like a day, and okay. so I'd had a chance to play a few levels and kind of mess around on the level creation stuff. But the way that the game works is 
I think I mentioned this last week. It gives you new tools. It expands your tool set every day that you spend at least five minutes making a level. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And so now that it's been a week, I have almost all the tool sets. So now I can make, you know, like Mario, Mario 3, Super Mario World, Super Mario for the Wii levels. I can make airships and ghost houses and dungeons and water worlds and stuff. And Dave, it's great. Like, <laughs> okay. Oh, dude. It's actually... So I don't have a Wii U, as you know. And I have not... Wii U is my favorite system for like a friend of mine to own. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's probably the same way that I really like other people's pets. Right. Like, I don't necessarily want my own one, but I like to be able to go and like hang out with yours. Mario Maker is the only game so far. Like, I like the other games, but Mario Maker is the only game that when I hear about it, I think to myself, maybe maybe I should get a Wii U. Like, it, I maybe should maybe, do that. Maybe you should. I. At this point, I can't imagine they're that expensive. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, probably. Okay, so the amazing things about Super Mario Maker are all of the things about Super Mario Maker that sort of make the game what it is. You get a chance to figure out what it is like to build a <laughs> so, level. Wait, so the amazing thing about Super Mario Maker is that it is, in fact, Super Mario Maker? Is that kind of what you're saying? Okay, yes. Everything is great about the game itself. The problem is that some of the other people who are making <laughs> games for the community are terrible at making games for the community. Yeah, okay. That, well, listen, I feel like actually a Super Mario level is deceptively difficult to make, like a good one. It's it's very easy to clutter a level. Yeah, no, that makes a ton like, of sense. Even with the best of intentions, like you're just trying to make something fun and a unique experience, and then you go back and play the airship level that you did and realize that the, the thwomp segment is way too difficult, <laughs> and you need to just strip a bunch of junk out, but not everyone goes back through and strips that junk out, and so it's a real minefield. But when it's good, it's excellent. Yeah, no, that sounds really cool. I am wondering how long it will take someone to make, like, a fully functioning mechanical calculator using, like, a Mario level. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I have no idea, but I can't imagine it's going to be... I mean, how long did it take for them to make, like, a fully functioning, like, difference engine inside of Minecraft? I, dude, I don't remember. Somebody made, like, a Turing complete artificial intelligence using Little Big Planet. It gets ridiculous. Okay. Anyway, so I just <laughs> wanted to, to check back in and reassert the fact that if you have the option at all, you should be playing Mario Maker, and you should be playing my airship level, because I worked hard on it. Anyway, um... <laughs> Is there a way to, like, fight? Can you, can you uh, push it? There can is, actually. If anybody wants to play my airship level, uh, tweet at me. I'll give you the code for it. Dave, okay. what enough. is our fourth star of the week? So, our fourth star of the week is actually another video game thing. I just beat Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. First of all, it's great. Like, I've heard, I mean, I've heard from you on this very program excellent things about that game. Yeah, dude. The Witcher 3, it's just... I mean, I'm not going to reiterate, because I already kind of talked about The Witcher 3... But it is just, it was a killer game. But, but, this is really neat. CD Projekt Red, who is the publisher who does Witcher, and um, they have actually announced that they are not doing any more Witcher games kind of for the foreseeable future, and that they are going to be really focusing on their Cyberpunk 2020 game, which I am stoked about. Dude, Crazy Cyber Cyberpunk 2020 is my favorite tabletop game that is basically unplayable because the rules are bad. Oh, yeah. It's hot garbage. But the concept is so cool, and they put out a trailer for this game like two years or three years ago and have done basically nothing with it aside from this trailer. And everybody who think like every time I think about it, I salivate a little bit. I'm just really jazzed. But anyways, Witcher 3 does... Uh, they got a really cool thing with DLC where they put out a lot of their DLC for free, and mm -hmm. they only charge for it if it's going to be like a big, like a substantial expansion. Okay. Like like 20 hours, 30 hours, you know, like really making the game much larger. Like one of their expansions is adding a whole new area to the game. But those aren't coming out for a little bit. But what I want to talk about today was that they have New Game Plus. Oh, dude, I love New Game Plus in basically any I, context. Yeah, I love New Game Plus 
And it's so like it's so simple. It's such like a basic thing, and it always like I'm just get angry when it's not there. I feel like, like it's okay. It's Dave, so is, basic. Is Guys, we figured this out. What twenty? When did Chrono Trigger come out? Twenty years ago, probably more than that. About yeah. Is yeah. Chrono Trigger the first game with New Game Plus? Uh yeah yeah I think it is I think because they coined the term New Game Plus. And then just everybody, like, that's just what it is now. Like, it's literally called New Game Plus in The Witcher 3. Because yeah, everybody I, knows I what it is. I remember it being called Trigger. New Game Plus, And then I remember being upset that other games didn't have that for the next, like, you know, eight, ten years. And then I started to see it slowly trickle in. And I guess now everyone's just actually calling it that. Everybody, um, yeah. Once again, well, we have I... done zero research. If New Game Plus existed prior to Chrono Trigger and someone else named it, uh, we are very sorry for the listener out there who is upset with us. I, I'm pretty confident that it didn't, though. But it's so basic. Like, let me just start the game. Awesome. Let me just, I did all the stuff. I just want to play it again. And I don't want to start out at level stupid. You know, because especially for like an RPG and an RPG that has like different ways that you can go through it, right? You know, like different play styles and different choices that you can make through the game to get different endings. Like, I want to play the game again. You just don't want to have to deal with grinding again. Right. I don't want to, like, hunt around for all this stuff. I just want to kind of go through and play it. And especially in a game like The Witcher 3 that's a sequel to another game where the main character is supposed to already be this sort of, like, legendary fighter warrior who, like, roams the world and, like, stabs dragons... It just, it's always kind of, it doesn't flow. I mean, it makes sense that you have to start out at level one because it's a new game and like that's kind of how the game is structured. But New Game Plus feels much better because people are like, oh my gosh, it's Geralt of Rivia. Like, don't mess with him. And you're like, yeah, that's right. I'm like level 35. Get at me. And so it feels better. And so they've got it. Uh, I actually haven't had a chance to start my new Game Plus yet because I'm sort of like, rounding out some equipment sets and everything, but they've got it and I'm really excited. I think I might actually hold off until these like giant DLC packs come out and then just kind of go through the game holistically again. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. So that's it. I just I just like New Game Plus and I feel like everybody should have it. So if you're listening and you have some sort of way to influence that, get get on it. Get on it. It's 2015. Up your game. Up your game. Up my game. Up your new game plus. Up your new game plus. <laughs> um, so what's our fifth star of the week, man? Uh, dude, I feel a little bad that we're going real heavy on the video games this week, but I want to talk about Pokemon Go. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, let's talk about Pokemon Go. The best okay, game. Okay, so I know almost play. nothing about it because they have not put out much information yet. There was like a trailer and a short press release. Okay. But it is Nintendo. Uh, the... Oh gosh, what's the studio that makes Pokemon games? Uh, I I honestly just thought it was Nintendo. I don't know. No, like it's actually like made by this separate studio and co-owned by Nintendo or something. I I forget what the actual deal okay, is. But that literally does not matter at all. So it's Nintendo and the people who make Pokemon and the company that used to be a subset of Google that made Ingress. Oh, okay. I mean, I know what Ingress is. And basically, this is a game that is on your phone, or will be in 2016, a game when you are on your phone and you can wander around the world and catch Pokemon and battle other people who have their Pokemon on their phones. And Nintendo's making like a little dongle that's like a, it's like a watch clip or a, like you, you can put it on your shirt pocket or something. But like you have it. It's that just will like, a like thing buzz you... and flash when you are near a Pokemon so you don't have to wander around staring at your phone all the time. Ah, man, that is and... considered Nintendo. I dig that. Dude, Nintendo cares about the game experience. I, okay. And... That all sounds totally rad. And I am like a, I'm a very, very split mind because on one hand, I'm very into like theoretically the concept of like the gamification of life. Right? You're sort of playing these games and they're interacting with your life, and maybe, you know, you're playing like Zombies Run and you're like getting a workout while you're playing this game. Or Pokemon Go. It's just like get out there and go for a walk and catch some Pokemon, but like, you know, at least you've taken a walk. There's like geocaching, but with Pokemon. Yeah, which is totally because, I mean, that's basically what Ingress is, right? It's like geocaching the game, effectively. 
Um, if yeah, I sort of. it's if you don't get stuff. Thinking of what geocaching is correctly, which I might not be. I don't know. Um, but on the other hand, I sort of like I don't want it. Like I like it in theory, but I don't actually want to experience it totally. Like I just want to have. Uh, I don't know, man. There was there was a moment when I thought I didn't want it, and then I watched the trailer, and now I realize that I need to have it. <laughs> and I have not, dude. I have not played through a Pokemon game since Pokemon Red. Yeah, I played like one what, I, twenty years ago. I thought you had Pokemon Blue, and I had Pokemon Red. Nope, I had Pokemon Red, but my starter was the Squirtle. Okay. Oh, I had Pokemon Blue. Red is my favorite color, so I wanted the red. But cartridge. I started with Charizard because because he's a dragon. But in retrospect, I think I think Blastoise is probably the coolest starter Pokemon. Well, Blastoise, I think is okay. I am I am partial because Squirtle was my starter, but I think that his fully evolved form is the coolest of the three. Fully yeah, I, forms. Charizard is sort of the easy man's pick, and it's what I picked. Don't get me wrong; it's like a dragon. That's awesome. But in retrospect, I think Blastoise is the coolest. Like a giant angry like a, turtle with yeah. like water cannon arms? No, it's like from under his shell. That's it's awesome. A, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. great. So, Blastoise is the best you got. Here's the deal. I'll let you buy Pokemon Go, and if it's amazing, then maybe I'll get it. Okay, so sometime in 2016, we will have an update. <laughs> we'll get back to you about Right this. here on our award-winning opening segment. But for now, it is time to go watch episode two, The Third Warrior, which is actually like the fourth and fifth warriors. And we'll be right back after the break. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode two of Shoujin Sentai Jetman. Uh, Dave, what'd you think of this one? It was cool, man. We got uh, introduced to our other two characters. We see the return of Energy Butt. And the team gets together. Sort of. Kind of. For a while. For a while. We'll get there. Okay, so the episode opens up with a brief recap. Um, the Virum have attacked from another dimension. Everyone is supposed to kneel to them because they are the true rulers of everything. Right. Rie is dead. Uh, yes. Ryu's girlfriend and potential Jetman member had been sucked out <laughs> into the cold vacuum of space. Yep. So she's totally dead. And Ryu needs to go out and collect the other two Jetmen because they need all five of them to be together to defeat the Virum. Yeah, like Ryu is just, it's very clear that the Jetmen are meant to operate as a team. And in the absence of those, they are only 80% as effective, I guess, without the last guy. So he's like, we got to find these people. Oh, so in the opening, though, I didn't notice this last time. First of all, they do like a neat little opening graphic where it's like five rings and then they all join together and it's one ring, which I guess is supposed to be the team. And then you see the five Jetmen and then like a cutout, not a cutout, like a graphic superimposed behind or wouldn't be superimposed. It would be hypoimposed. It's behind them is the point. And uh, of their like of their bird. Oh, yeah. And then you see the jets, like they're five jets, and they're like flying around. But I'm pretty certain that the jets themselves are actually stationary, and they're just moving the camera around the jets, which is great. How dare you, Dave? How dare you malign the good name of the special effects coordinator of Shojin Sentai Jetman? I tell you what, if he is related at all, or is possibly the same person as the special effects guy for Ghosty Sentai Dairanger, I have an entire season's worth of stuff to malign him about. So, so that's to that. To be fair, uh, the special effects guy for Dairanger was way better than the props master. Way better than the, yeah, really. Who I have a problem with is the props master. Okay, so the Virum are attacking. Rie is dead. We open this episode in a casino, and it's like a smoky casino, right? My actually, my notes just say casino, smoky, shady. So I don't know if this is supposed to be an illegal casino. That would make sense, given that guy who is black condor is there because he's a real shade master he is a shady dude he's also a cool guy as we see in a graphic in the uh, end credits oh yeah i don't i we're gonna talk about those end credits so 
We open in a casino, and it's Guy playing poker with an unnamed lady. And she has a hand, and he has a he wins. And they use American hand names. I'm not sure why, but they do. Are there different hand names in Japan? I don't. I don't know, dude. I mean, they're not like they're not like special American words. They're just words like full house, pair. I, I would assume that the Japanese have words for full and house. Like, you know what I mean? I would just assume that they would just say like. Full house, but in Japanese instead of saying an American. An American well, uh, in English. two things. First of all, American is not the language you're looking for. Uh, and second I of all, it's, probably, you know, it's, it's a title of a thing, not a word so All right. Much. Okay. So anyways, that's fair. I'm guessing sure, that okay. based on the fact that they use those words and literally nothing else. <laughs> okay. So they're playing cards and she has like a full house and he's like, ah, oh, too bad. I've got a straight flush. And she's like, oh, no. And he's like, it's cool. You take the money. Okay, now babe. I want to be, let me, just a second. We saw his hand. He did not have a straight flush. And then <laughs> did, did he's like, attention. oh, no, no. Like, they showed his hand, and it's just a bunch of garbage. And then when oh, he throws okay. down his hand, it is a straight flush. Mm. Uh, and so he would have lost. He cheated. And then One. he said, it's okay. You can have the money anyway and also take the rest of my chips. I'm feeling very generous. And like, besides, and like he leans in and like whispers to her, cut away. They are leaving the casino together. So just so, to be clear, Guy has both cheated at cards, like anti-cheated at cards to give away all of his stuff and has done it all so that he can leave the casino with the woman he was playing against. Yeah. So, not really a hero, but no. whatever. And then, uh, like, a casino employee, like, pit boss tough or whatever, comes oh, out yeah, and says, this is hey, amazing. Um, we don't appreciate it when our customers cheat, so please come with me. Right. Like, he's totally reasonable about it. He doesn't have other thugs with him. They're not just like, well, you clearly cheated. Oh, because he, he grabs Guy and like twists his arm up and we see that guy has like a bunch of cards up his sleeve and he's got like a like a little card handler thing. So guy is like 100% cheating. Like there yes. is no now, Okay, to be fair to guy, this guy probably is planning on beating the tar out of him. Yeah, maybe, but at first he's like very reasonable. And so he's just like screw you. And so he punches the guy, but when he punches him, the guy goes flying. Because remember, Guy is a Jetman now. So right. this actually is pretty yet, cool. But he has super strength. Right. I didn't realize this because in like Die Ranger, it was basically, you were, they were kind of just people for the most part until they aura changed and then they became kind of superhuman. So the Jetman, that is clearly not the case. They are just, they just have superpowers, at least super strength, if nothing else. Well, we will see like few, like other powers a little bit later on. Oh, right on. So they have superpowers. No, I mean later on then, this episode, you have already seen it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But so they have superpowers, and then maybe turning into a Jetman like amplifies it. We're not. It also totally gives sure them yet. their gear and like their suit, which I assume has some sort of like armor rating. Anyway, yeah. so he punches okay. this so anyways, dude. He, he goes flying this dude. across the alley into a pile of cardboard boxes. And then he looks really surprised. Like, he is not sure what's happening. Like, bro, you like you got struck by super lightning? You got struck Maybe by purple lightning. Maybe you remember that. So he, like, looks down at his fist, sort of confused and horrified, and just runs away. Yeah. So we cut away, and we just see a car, and it's Kauri, and I think it's Raita in there, right? Yeah, and they're being so, driven around by Kauri's, like, butler slash chauffeur. Yeah, Gia, I think is his name. I don't know if he's like a recurring character. So uh, I, I forget what I his name is, but name. he is a recurring character. Okay, so they're like, oh, we have to find the other Jetman. And then we also see Ryu and the Chief flying around in jets. And they are looking for, you know, they're doing the same thing they were doing last episode. Literally just wandering around Japan, hoping that someone emits Burdonic waves. So then we see a high school. 
And it's like, you know, there's like kids and they're running around and some kids are in gym class and one kid tries to do a high jump, 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 high but jam. he boofs it, a high jump. So he's competing in the high jump, um, but he, he boofs it. He doesn't get over the bar. He does a bad job. Yeah. And so what's the girl's name? Akko. Akko. Like, she, okay, yeah, she's one of the rangers or the rangers, one of the jetmen. So she, like, sees this guy attempt the high jump and kind of envisions, she, like, fades out. We sort of see her envisioning herself jumping, and I think, like, a bird flies by in her vision, and she's like, I can do this. So she turns to her friend and hands her her backpack and says, like, hey, hold this for a second. I'm going to go jump that thing. And her friend is like, wait, you always skip gym class. What are you doing? (laughs) What's going on? She's like, no, 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 I got this. So she runs towards the bar and uh, like she's clearly going to do like a super jump and she does. Like she just runs at it and like she doesn't even do like the flop jump. Like she just. No, she just jams directly over it. (laughs) Like in a standing upright position and lands on her feet. (laughs) Okay. And so this is actually when I was watching this scene. I had like a really brief teacher moment because <laughs> she's just in like her school uniform. And I, the first thing I thought as soon as she started running towards the bar was like, young lady, that is not appropriate to do in a skirt because she's wearing a skirt. <laughs> and I'm totally right. It is not appropriate to do in a skirt, but she does. So she, <laughs> she just like super jams over this thing. And the coach is psyched. like the coach sees her do this and loses it. He's yeah, like, he you, runs over. Wow. He's like, what are you doing? Like, this is not, like, where did this come from? Like, I know you, and you are not the sort of person who is capable of doing this sort of a feat. Yeah, and she says, well, they say it's always the quiet ones. Like, she's immediately smug and sort of weird about it, which doesn't seem, whatever. So he says, listen, you have to compete for us in, like, this track meet. You're clearly amazing. And she says, okay, yeah, that sounds great. 2,000 yen. And the coach is understandably surprised. And it's like, wait, <laughs> wait, says, what? You you want me to pay you to, like, participate in an extracurricular event? And she says, yeah. Mm-hmm. She says, it's you're, you'll definitely win. I can jump higher than anybody else. I will break the world yen. record. Uh, think about what you're getting. This is an incredible value. Right. Which, okay, so by the way, so this comes up a couple of times. So I did a quick conversion. 2,000 yen is like, it's like 18 bucks. It is not a lot of money. No, no, no. Yeah. No, it's like 20 odd bucks. Like, it's not a ton of money, but it just seems like a weird amount to ask for. So she says, but she says 2,000 yen and I'll do it. We find out later that the coach is absolutely willing to cheat to win because he does pay her because she does compete. Yeah, she's we'll doing it later. He has 100% like acquiesced to her like demands. Yeah. So, but we cut away real quickly and we see, I can't remember which of the groups it is, but they're, it might be both actually. And their Burdonic wave sensors, I guess, are going off and they're like, oh, no way, Burdonic waves. This is awesome. Like, we're going to go find them. We cut away to the Viram base. And we see Radigat has, it starts off as just like a, like a blob or like a rock or something. But then it glows and it transforms into a horrifying, like segmented dimensional spider thing with a scorpion tail. Like it's really gross. Okay, Dave, this is... So this is the first time you've seen this, but this is what is going to happen every episode. Oh, okay. The way well, that it works horrifying. is they have these like dimensional insects, I think they're called, or dimensional spiders. Or... Yeah, it's something like that. Anyway, you throw them through like a hole in between the dimensions, it latches onto something, and then it transforms that thing into a monster version of that thing. So like, yeah. what's about to happen is it's going to hit a plane, and then that plane is going to turn into like a plane monster. I thought that was actually, like, that's a super cool concept. It is like, that very is a neat. neat. That is a rad concept for monsters. And it also, it's cool because it literally, it explains kind of any sort of monster that you want. 
and you can just sort of literally look around your house or maybe go through a lady's purse and say, ah, we'll just make a monster out of that thing. Yeah, and it makes a lot it. more sense than how they did it in Die Ranger, which was just have it be anything anyway and literally never explain why it can be anything. Yeah, it's like the X gene or like latent mutation of the of the of the Super Sentai world. It's just like a catch all. It's a good catch all explanation for literally anything you want. So he has this like thing, and then it disappears, like it fades out, and then it fades back in and latches onto the chief's plane in midair, and then it it kind of disappears and merges into the plane, and then the plane has veins on it, which is real gross. And, like, tendrils start coming out of the control panel and wrapping up the chief, and the plane grows arms, like, coming out the bottom as though it is a Starscream action figure that is, like, partially transformed. Yeah, and they just keep going to more and more shots of tentacles. Maybe they're supposed to be, like, veins or something, I don't know. Like, launching out of the control panel and, and, and wrapping around the chief. Um... It's really disturbing. Like, I would not show this to a kid, maybe. It's weird and gross. Thankfully, we only get a second or two of that, because she hits her ejector seat. She flies out of the plane, which is now an evil monster. Right. And so there's a really quick... I think there's like a quick dogfight. We don't see much of it, but there's a quick dogfight between the Dimension Fighter, I think is what they call it, and Ryu in his Jetman jet. So it flies away, and as it's flying away, Ryu says, like, man, we really need to find those other Jetmen because there's no way I can beat that thing on my own. Right. So we jump away. Like, that's kind of it. Like, we're just reinforcing the idea that the Jetmen very definitely need to find the other guys. So we go back to the high school. (laughs) Right. I guess the track meet was that afternoon because it's just happening. And you see Akko, and she is standing in front of the, like, high jump bar, and she's motioning them to raise it. Sort of, like, smiling and being like, no, 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 no. That's not nearly high enough. You keep lifting that bar. I am almost, like, I don't know for sure, but I'm fairly certain that is not how track meets work. But she is just, she's, like, straight showing off. So they set the bar kind of at the at the very highest level. Uh, it runs, is, I think they said two meters forty. Yeah, which is I think I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that they actually did look up the world record and and then beat it because she says she's going to. So she runs, she jumps, she clears the bar, and everyone like goes crazy. And as people are, like, running around and cheering, Kauri's chauffeur pulls up, and they hop out of the car and say, Hey, you, like, we need to talk to you. Come with us, yeah. please. Which, and I, listen, I, it has been a long time since I have worked at a high school, but uh, Dave, you work at one. Yeah. If, if a car drove onto the field of a sporting event and three adults got out and said, hey, you, we need you to come with us right now. Do you, what are the odds you think that they would not immediately be tackled by like whatever available PE teacher was there? Well, okay, they wouldn't be tackled, but the PE teacher would be like, no, 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 no. You cannot, no, that's not, you can't do that. You need to get off the field right now. But it's 1991. It was a more innocent time, Matt. It's a different time, Dave. Different time. Right. So Akko is clearly, like, weird and sort of, like, shady because she demands money to do this thing. So maybe she just lies to her teacher and says, oh, no, I know these people. I was really hoping that White Swan would show up, or Kaori, rather, would show up and say, ah, you're a jet man and you have, like, superpowers. And then Akko would be immediately outed as a cheater. Because she is. That doesn't happen. Okay, Dave. Now, to be fair, she does not know that she has superpowers of the Burdonic nature. All she knows uh, all right. is that suddenly she is excellent at jumping. All right. Uh, okay, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. So we cut away from there, and we see a jazz bar, and Guy, who, remember, is the Black Condor. We don't know he's a Black Condor yet, but he's a Black Condor. 
So Guy is having vision. Like, he's playing a saxophone. Oh, so yeah, I he's guess up that is on also stage what he does. blowing the sax. Right. So he, like, plays, but he's, like, sweating and, like, having visions and flashbacks and stuff. And then there's a kind of a sour note, and he looks down, and he has crushed his saxophone with his with, hands. With his mighty condor strength. Right. And so then we he says, oh, this all, this is so weird. What's going on? It all started when I was struck by that lightning. So at least he remembers and has maybe some sort of explanation as to what's happening. So he kind of puts his saxophone down and gets off stage and Red or uh, Ryu and the chief kind of walk into the bar. So they've found him. Now, by the way, real quick, I just want to say something about their civvies. Um, Ryu, when he is in his civvies, is wearing, like, red fingerless Gold's Gym gloves. Mm-hmm. And what looks like a, sort of like a red Letterman jacket, but designed by someone who didn't quite know what a Letterman jacket looked like. And yeah. on the chest, amongst a bunch of other words, one of the words that I'm able to pick out is it just says, Posh Boy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's great. I love his posh boy jacket. Yeah. Okay. It was... Okay, so posh boy. So Ryu is a posh boy. And he walks in... I also love it because Ryu is in no way a posh boy. Yeah, not at all. And so, <laughs> so he walks in, and he just walks right up to Guy, and he says, We've been looking for you. You are a warrior. That's a quote. Yes, that is. I also wrote that exact quote into my notes. <laughs> no uh, explanation. A, so we get a no. quick cutaway back to the Virum's interdimensional base, and it's our old friend Energy Butt who has been healed up and is ready for action. Right, character find of twenty fifteen. So I am getting a sense from the Virum that their monsters, at least so far, are just kind of gross. Like they're just weird and gross looking. There will be a theme of gross monsters, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's a bummer. Not always. Well, that's nice. So, but that's all we get. He just says like, okay, well, we're going to attack them again. And then we jump back to the bar and Guy basically says, I am not interested at all. Don't you think maybe it's time that the human race ended because of pollution and racism? Yeah, he's like, listen, humanity sucks and I don't care about saving them. I don't like teaming up with people, and I don't like you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, nothing about this situation seems like something that I want to be part of. And so, like, Ryu tries to stop him. Guy yep. hits him. He goes flying or goes down or something. The two of them just start scuffling in this parking garage. <laughs> right. I just love, like, I'm sorry. I just love that his two things are, like, pollution and racism. Yeah, so they're just straight up fighting, and she just looks over, and she crosses her arms and just looks really exasperated. And listen, I would be exasperated. Okay, Guy Guy is a complicated character, because he is shady, and like he will continue to do things that make it hard for you to root for him as a hero, okay. but he also does a lot of like good stuff. Like, as the show goes on, like... I have developed a complicated set of feelings about this dude. Okay. Like, I just don't know exactly what, like, how to, like, categorize him. Because he is being a jerk, but on the other hand, he is right about pollution and racism. That's, I mean, yeah, that's, like, that's fair. Okay, anyway, we will, that is something that we will continue to touch on, but... For now, let's get out of this parking garage and what is going on elsewhere. Okay, so we come away from there and we see Raita and Kauri talking to Akko. And they are just like, Raita has like really turned a corner on this in a very short period of time. And has like he's 100% on Team Jetman at this point. So he is saying like, listen... You're a Jetman now. Like, maybe you remember this. And then we see a quick cutaway of Akko getting struck by blue lightning. She's like, oh, yeah, I totally remember that. Uh, and Raida says, listen, you can help defend the Earth. Like, You have superpowers. It's going to be great. Akko comes back where she says, 
yeah, I'm totally in. That sounds great. Kauri uh, and Ryda are excited. And, and then, then she Akko says, drops but this first, uh, you're going to need to give me 1,500 yen. Right. Okay, so first of all, they're like, wait, what? And she says, listen, I'm saving the earth. I think 1,500 yen is very reasonable. So like, first you've of come all, to recruit me for a job. This is my fee. Right. So first of all, she charges less for being a jet man than she does for competing in a track meet, which is weird. Okay, so this is the weird thing. Is like, Akko <laughs> seems, like, greedy, but only in very small doses. Yeah. Like, she definitely wants money. She doesn't need that much, and she's totally willing to help. Yeah. And so Kauri, she gives her, like, a very pleasant look, and she says, oh, okay. But in my, in my head, Kauri, <laughs> Kauri's like... Oh, oh, is that how it is? Well, let me just show you how the big girls play. So she cuts her a check and gives it to Akko, and the check is for 10 million yen. Because if you have forgotten, Kaori has, like, infinite resources. <laughs> right. So 10 million yen, by the way, is like 130 grand. And, and so she so just cuts her a check without even Akko's thinking Akko's like, about wait, do you, do you know how much this is? <laughs> it was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're on Team Jetman now, right? Like, let's never... Like, and then again, she's super pleasant about it. But in my head, she's like... <laughs> like, here is 10 billion yen. We are never talking about we this again. We are never talking about Come this again. Come join the team. Get on my level. Okay. So, so Akko is totally on board. She's like, awesome. 10 million yen. Sounds good. And uh, then they explode. Because this is ultimately a Super Sentai show. So they explode. It cuts away to Ryu and Guy still fighting. By the way, I think that they explode because they are being attacked by Energy Butt. Oh, a, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we get a we brief just, cut of Energy Butt. That's true. Back we just don't that yet. So we cut back to Ryu and Guy fighting. You know, like they're doing like flying kicks and stuff. They're just fighting. Uh, the other three make contact with Ryu and the chief and say, like, hey, Energy Butt is attacking. Like, we need help. So they just run to go help the other rangers or jetmen. And <laughs> but guy, guy is not done fighting Ryu. Right. So he's like, hey, wait, where are you going? So he actually gets on his motorcycle and chases them with the express purpose of continuing to fight Ryu. So Ryu gets back to space camp, hops right. in his jet, and flies away to go uh, save the other three from energy. But, but right. on his way, he gets attacked by the dimension plane. Yes. Okay, real quick, though. The other three jetmen, so Raita, Akko, and Kaori, are running through a park, seemingly forgetting that they are superheroes and that they have, like, a power changer that will help them defeat energy butt that is attacking them. So then this dogfight happens. Okay, Matt. Yes. So the sorry, so the dimension jet monster is chasing Ryu and Ryu flies into I think the idea is that it's like a half constructed skyscraper. Yeah, it's what it what it actually is ultimately is like this big lattice work of I-beams. Yes. Let me ask you something. When you saw the the view of the plane like flying through these I beams, did it remind you of something? Because it reminded me of something very specific, and I want to know if you caught the same thing. Um, it is the Millennium Falcon escaping the exploding Death Star at the end of Jedi. Yes, yes, yeah, that is that. exactly what it is, and specifically that level from the Super Nintendo. Yes, yeah, uh, Super Return, Return of the, the Jedi. Jedi video game. That level really is almost game. impossible. Yeah, I hated that level. But that was a really... Those, actually, all of those games were really good. That was a good series. Anyway, yeah, so kind of he, much better than I anticipated they would be. So anyways, sorry. So Ryu gets through this thing by the great move of just doing a continued barrel roll, like corkscrew spin as he's driving straight through these <laughs> I-beams. And apparently that gets him through? It doesn't seem like it would, but clearly... Uh, 
This is a weird building designed by M.C. Escher, and all of the I-beams are in a continual corkscrew. So they're flying, and I think Guy is still... I looked away for a second, and then when I looked back, Dimension Jet was holding Guy by its, like, robot arms. Okay, so here's what happens, is as they are going through Tokyo... And having their dogfight, Guy is riding his motorcycle underneath, chasing Ryu. Yeah, okay. He gets That's to a clearing and stops, pulls off his helmet, and is, like, standing around with a bunch of other people who are staring at the dogfight. The evil plane attacks that group. Guy gets knocked off of his bike. And then the p- evil plane monster, like, swoops down, uses its arms to pick him up. So he's got, like one of Guy's arms and each of its, like, giant robot hands, and then it flies away. So Ryu is trying to follow it, but he can't shoot the plane down, because if he does, he'll kill Guy. Right. And also, like, Ryu isn't the sort of dude to just murder Guy. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's cool of him. So... It's the code of the posh boy, Dave. Mm. So, okay. So then he manages to do something... And Dimension Jet drops Guy. So Guy he, uh, is just He targets the Dimension Jet's arms specifically. Uh, okay. And then Ryu, and I, this is really cool. I didn't notice it last time. I think their Jetman planes open out the bottom. So he doesn't necessarily have to eject out. I think the bottom just falls out of the plane and he can kind of slip out that way, which is really cool. I honestly have not paid close enough attention to tell you whether or not that is true. But if it is true, that is cool. At I any know, rate, right? If you've got a pilot that can also fly, it makes a ton of sense. Okay. So he drops out and he is kind of free falling next to Guy. And in what is just an astonishing display of like accuracy and hand eye coordination and visual acuity, in mid free fall, manages to throw the cross-changer onto Guy's wrist. It is a good move. It's it's so good as to be... I don't know why, like, this particular thing, out of all of the things in this show, I was like, come on now, let's be serious. The giant <laughs> evil plane with, like, dimension monster <laughs> arms is one thing, but you can't throw a watch onto someone's wrist in mid-freefall. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm not defending my reaction. I'm just telling you what it was. So anyway, he calls over. So, yeah, he, he says, hey, that's your cross changer. It will turn you into a jet man and you can fly. So go ahead like, and do that. Yeah, you are going to need to do that real quick. So he does. Guy does, that is. And he turns into Black Condor and he's got wings and he, you know, flies down. And as does Ryu, and so now, and then I think they land, or as they're flying down, the other three Jetmen also transform. So now, for the first time, all the Jetmen are together. There is a fun little moment where uh, Raita and Kaori transform and start running into battle. And Akko, because she has not had any training whatsoever, just looks down at, like, the two components of the cross-changer and cannot figure out how to turn into a Jetman. <laughs> That's right. So White Swan has to yell back to her, like, hey, this is how it works. So she does it, and then all the Jetmen are together. Awesome. So Dimension uh, Jet lands, and it has grown legs? Yeah, now it is no longer a plane with arms sticking out. It is a... It's, it's, a, it's a Super Sentai monster. Yeah, it's a plane monster. So like it has a it, face and legs and all that stuff. Yeah, it launches a fireball from its mouth. Like you do. Like, yeah, like fighter jets do, you know, with their fireball gun. So he launches fireball, the, you know, the Jetman go scattering. And then, now this is actually really interesting. This is the first time I think we've ever seen this, that Dimension Jet is already a giant monster. He oh, does mean, not start... Jet small and then grow somehow, you know, he's just already jet-sized. So... And so the the Jetmen are... I'm, by the way, I'm going to be very glad when we're done with this episode and the Jetmen are no longer fighting an evil jet. Because yeah. that is making this kind of confusing. So the Jetmen are fighting the putties whose name I really meant to look up before we recorded yeah, this episode. Yeah, we should have done that. 
but have not done. I'll try to remember for next week. Anyway, they're fighting. Uh, so, you can see that Kauri and Raita have sort of figured out how to fight at this point. Guy yeah, is a already bit. a good fighter, which I imagine you would have to be if you're constantly like trying to cheat casinos out of their money. Yeah, and he does fight dirty. Well, actually, what I really dug about Guy is that he is not doing any sort of like super martial arts. He's just punching dudes in the face and doing like dirty crotch grabs. Yes. So Black Condor fights dirty. Uh, he's also sort of cocky. Like he knocks a few out and he's like, yeah, that's what you get. And then gets like attacked by a bunch of other people and knocked over. Right. So we look over and Red Hawk, Ryu does like a flying slash move at Dimension Jet. And then when he lands, he looks over and sees that he has managed to sever a like artery slash fuel line. And so he shoots at Dimension Jet with his bird blaster, which is, I'm not joking you what they're called. And Dimension Jet explodes. Yeah, so, by the way, real quick, earlier when he said, I need to get the other Jetman because I cannot possibly beat this, like, plane monster by myself, that turned out to be 100% wrong. He just did beat this plane monster entirely by himself. (laughs) Yeah, so it's kind of weird that he blew it up with its own blood, but whatever. Hey, man, if you have exploding blood. Right, that's kind of on you. So, Energy Butt arrives... There's like a very brief fight, but Red Hawk, Ryu, now with all the Jetmen together, he says, use your bird blasters, combine them with your swords. I don't know what makes it a bird blaster. It pretty much just seems like a blaster. Branding, Dave. Branding is what makes it a bird blaster. (laughs) So he says, you're right there, bud? Yeah, 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 I'm good. Show goes on. So he says, combine your swords with your bird blasters, and then everybody shoot energy butt together. And so, so you they see do. them all load their swords into their guns, and then four of the five of them shoot energy butt, and Guy just hangs out. <laughs> right. Hangs out and, like, crosses his arms and turns away. And Ryu says, dude, Guy, you need to do this. Guy's entire reason for not shooting energy butt is because Ryu told him to. Yeah, it's like, like I just I don't, don't like, like it when people me what to do all the time. Yeah, like don't boss me around. I do what I want. <laughs> right. So then and only so then Energy Butt manages to get free because Guy wasn't also shooting him and he hits Guy and then Guy says, "Oh, okay, now it's on." And then they all five shoot him and Energy Butt goes down. Let's just take a moment to weep for the passing of the sensational character find of 2015. Energy Butt, (laughs) who is now 100% dead. Okay, so we do a quick jump back to the Viram base, and they're like, oh man, they took out Energy Butt. These guys maybe aren't so wimpy as we thought. And then I think it's Tran? Yes, by the way, uh, Tran is a boy. Okay, right on. I know you had a bit of confusion on that last week, and we kind of... Blew past it without fully discussing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, Tran is totally a dude. Tran suggests that, hey, whoever kills the Jetman becomes the leader of the Virum. Because it seems like there's kind of a council of leaders of the Virum. And so Tran says, listen, if we are going to have one person, whoever kills the Jetman wins. And everybody else is pretty into that. Uh, The robot, whose name is... Gray. Gray is smoking what I'm pretty sure is just a Swisher Sweet. Yes, it is 100% a Swisher Sweet. I think because it has the little plastic nib that can sit inside its robot mouth comfortably. Ah, that makes sense. And he lights it with like a finger lighter. And then... Oh, Dave, by the way, I am on the Wikipedia. The putties in this show are called the Grinham Soldiers. So The Grinham Soldiers. Okay, so let's... I think we can remember that. So... We cut away from there, and I think we would just have to assume that the rest of the Viram leaders agree. We cut away from there, and we see Akko, and she is handing this check back to Kauri, which is a little weird to me because I... I mean, it's a noble gesture on Akko's part, but Kauri clearly was not going to miss that money. Right. Like I said, Akko is greedy, but she's kind of bad at being greedy, at least in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so Kari says, uh, okay, yeah, great. And Anko says, yes, I will be part of the Jetman and I will help to save the Earth. So we, the camera kind of pans away and we see Guy over on his motorcycle and he has a lighter and he is trying to light his cigarette. And he's having trouble. He's got like a Zippo lighter and he's having a little trouble getting it lit. Yeah. Ryu walks over like with this big grin on his face, like takes the lighter out of his hand, like lights it for him, goes to light Guy's cigarette and Guy just decks him. Which, okay, Guy is kind of shady, but that is 100% appropriate. Like if you were, if I were trying, if I had a lighter and I was trying to light a cigarette and I was like having some trouble with it, and another dude walked over. I was like, "Oh, hey!" Took, without asking, just took the lighter out of my hand, lit it, and then tried to light the cigarette that I guess I was trying to light up. I think punching that dude is completely appropriate. Yeah, like uh, Ryu. I think Ryu probably knows like super cop etiquette, but does not actually know how to talk to people. <laughs> so. He's like once again so super cop etiquette. Up. That is the uh, the companion book to our uh, hit novel series of 2016, Super Cops and Love. Super Cops and Love. So God just says, "Listen, get it through your head. I don't want to be part of your team. I only attacked Energy Buck because he hit me first. He he takes his cross changer off and throws it at their feet and says, "I'm a free man. I'm out." And then just never leaps. come near me again. <laughs> right. He is gone. Ryu says, I'm not giving up on him. He will be a jet man. Which, okay, I mean, we know Which he's going to succeed because Guy is like, you know, he's one of the jet man. Like, there's not a way that this is going to happen where Guy does not join up with the team. Right. But this will be a thing for the next episode or two where he is just like consistently trying to get guy to join the team and guy continues to be a huge jerk about it so that's it that's the end of episode two okay sorry it's not the end because we still have the end segment which is bizarre okay the end segment for every super sentai show is bizarre okay this one is bizarre in a particular way so what it is is that you see, it's like someone made an action pop-up book like you would give to a little kid, but for the Jetmen, but it's all promo shots of them as like World War II fighter pilots? Kind Well, no, Ryu is, and then Raita, I think, is a chef. I don't know. We see Raita like wearing a tuxedo, holding up a glass of wine, like eating a nice banquet. Yeah, or maybe he's like a rich guy. I don't know. And, but like, and Kauri it's... is dressed up as like a rich lady in a frilly dress and a parasol. Uh, yeah. Akko is dressed up in sort of like a Amelia Earhart like aviatrix outfit. Mm-hmm. It's and guy. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Ryu is sort of like this weird hybrid of the Vitruvian Man and someone who is riding in a Leonardo da Vinci flying machine. But uh-huh. the picture of Guy is the 100% high point of the ending credits. Guy is dressed in, like, an army uniform with, like, the like the peaked hat. And, like, it's sort of like that army green uniform. Yeah. He is smiling. He has his arms around two ladies, one on either side. And underneath him, in this sort of colorful cursive, are just the two big words that say cool guy. <laughs> but, like, you know, like G-U-I. Like, in English, it just says cool guy. And That's... Dude, it is it is great. So we got posh boy and cool guy. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and that is the end of the show. Or the end of this episode, at least. Dave, what was your high point? My high point, I think... Ooh... I think my high point is Guy's complete refusal to have anything to do with the Jetman. It's kind of unexpected. Like, Raita was like, oh, I don't want to be, and then they kind of show him the deal, and he flies, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. I totally want to be yeah, a Jetman. Yeah, Raita turns around at it pretty quick. Right. Guy says, nope, nope, I'm out. Have your cross changer back. I'm uninterested. And I just think it's a really neat character idea 
that there is this guy and they definitely need him and he definitely does not want to be part of the team. Yeah. Okay, so what is your low point? Okay, I think my low point, Matt, is just that the jet monster was like really really gross and kind of upsetting with its tentacle innards attacking the chief. It just grow. It was weird. It was a weird moment. You're right. Yeah. Aside, I mean, like, the rest of the show, I mean, there's nothing, like, really stupid or dumb. Like, it was just kind of unsettling. No, so far, <laughs> the show's actually, like, the show has been pretty tight. The sort of things we used to complain about for the low points in Dire Ranger, we haven't really been hitting that stuff yet. Although I imagine yeah. we will when we start to get into the more monster of the weeky sort of episodes. Yeah, I'm sure that we will. Uh, how about you, man? Upside? Or, okay. Uh, High point? My high point this week is I really like that bit at the end where all of the Virum decide that killing the Jetmen is going to be a contest. Oh, yeah. No, that because is really it, cool. Because it, it frames the rest of the series very coolly because, like, in Die Ranger, or really in any sort of show like this, if you have a council of bad guys and all of the main ones are super powerful, mm-hmm. then... Uh, like, you have to kind of come up with a good reason that they're not all just teaming up at once to kill them. Uh, yeah, no, that's really a good point. And so it sort of breaks it up so that now you can have all of these different enemies, but it like it gives them some conflict in between each other, and it also makes sense as to why the Jetmen are able to beat them one by one. Because oh, they're, they're locked like into that. this contest. No, I think it's very cool. So, uh, low point? Well, the low point has got to be that Energy Butt died, and now our uh, dreams of branding and merchandising of that hot character have died with him. Yeah. I have a, I have a gross of t-shirts, and I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> really thought, really should have uh, checked, the, checked the Wikipedia, made sure that guy was sticking around. <laughs> that, you know, maybe before you invested those funds, but, you know, whatever. Well, it's fine. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I can find something to do with them. <laughs> Just got a palleted energy butt t-shirt sitting in the middle of my guest room. <laughs> so that is, uh, that's episode two, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is going to do it for another episode of The Jetman. With the golden gun. Before we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes, check out what we're doing on Twitter. Uh, get in touch with me to buy a, uh, a whole pile of unusable t shirts. Uh, we are on Twitter at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember shining the iTunes review section. There are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. 